Hello and welcome to Psychic Trash. That's right, I'm still doing it. I'm continuing something. I had an idea and I followed through. Everyone claps for me, clap, thank you. Thank you, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm just really honored to be here and to have a platform where I feel like my voice can really truly be heard because I don't always feel heard every day in my life. So it just means a lot to me to have the support. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So this is so funny because I'm recording a second episode, first episode after the first recording attempt that I did. And I've listened back to it now about three, four times, and I've edited it down quite a lot, and I'm still, at this moment, not sure if it's something that's going to actually see the light of day. But if it does, that's going to be the pilot episode, and this is going to be the premiere. Because now, we've got a name, Psychic Trash. So, to me, Psychic Trash is that garbage that just gets clunked up in your brain and in your head and really bogs you down and the stuff that keeps you from being your true self. And I think I needed something to kind of just throw myself into it, kind of regurgitate all those things that fly through my brain every single day. And I just want to put it somewhere, close the lid and like send it off. <laughs> and I think it can be, it's a really cathartic thing. I think to listen to too. My real intention with this is if you're having a bad day or if you're having a great day, you can put on this podcast, listen to me spewing my shit about absolutely nothing or maybe about things that are really awesome. And if it can affect your day in any way, make you feel a little bit better, make you feel seen, heard, any of that, that's my real goal here. And that's always been something that I've wanted to do throughout my whole life is just be someone that people can turn to when they're feeling shitty and I can confidently say that I feel like I'm a good person for that. So that's really what my intentions with this are. And I think it's going to be fun and exciting to see what happens. Now to get into the meat here, I have something really important that's been weighing on my chest that I want to let out here. Um, I'm coming out as shy Oh my god, I'm like so shy. I don't know if you know this about me, but uh, I consider myself someone that has social anxiety. <laughs> I think a lot of people are shocked by that when I tell them like, oh, I'm a little shy. They're like, what? You? Like, I would never imagine you to be shy. I get this a lot at new jobs. Like, I'm working, I'm doing my thing, and people are like, oh, how long have you been here? And I'm like, uh, three weeks. And they're like, oh my gosh, I would have considered, I thought you were a pro. I thought you'd been here for years. A part of it is also, I think I look a lot older than I actually am, which is a whole other thing. Oh my God. But I do, I guess, carry myself in a way that seems like I know what's going on. But the actual truth is, honey, I've got no clue. I am faking it every single moment, second, every bit of the day. It's all an act, mama. It's all an act. What are we actually doing? But I didn't know or realize that I was shy or had social anxiety. I didn't like know what to call it until I got to college. That was the first time I was thrown into an environment that I didn't know people 
for like in high school, I went to a K through 12 high school. So that means from kindergarten all the way up to my senior year of high school, I was in the same building, the same district with the same group of kids for for 13 years of education. I was with the same people. So I got used to them. I got used to being myself around them. I never really felt like I had to make an impression, right? I had just existed in this space and I could just be myself and it was fine. But then all of a sudden I was thrown into something brand new, didn't know a single person at all, except for Hayden through Snapchat. That's another story. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> But I remember the first day and we were thrown into our orientation groups and I just clammed up and I, I, I got so freaked out. I was like, I've never clammed up like this before. I was like, I'm a theater kid. I, I spread my love and my joy and my personality and I'm gay and it's like all fun and games. And all of a sudden, oh my gosh, who am I? I don't know who I am. How am I going to be portrayed in front of these people? What am I, what am I going to do? And I felt so overwhelmed by these feelings. It was insane. I had never experienced anything like this in my entire life. And I am so lucky that the people that pulled me in just felt something from my energy, I guess. And this is why I think energies are real because I did not think I used my words or my personality like outwardly as something to pull people in. I think I just was existing and people were like, that looks cool. <laughs> that, that looks cool and pulled me in. And I'm very lucky to say that that's something that happened. And through years of being around my friends, I was able to become who I am now and who you guys know me as. But it was really shocking at first. And I remember texting my friend from high school, who I actually don't even talk to anymore, but I remember texting her and I was like, oh my God, I, I'm freaking out here. I, I think I'm shy. And she goes, yeah, I always knew you were shy. And I go, excuse me, what? And this is me. I was like, I was the prime. I was the Madonna. I was the fucking stunning queen of my high school and my theater program. So for me to like go into somewhere brand new, be at the bottom of the barrel and then turn to someone who I thought was, it is on my side, but someone that I was like, huh, help. I, am I shy? And they were like, yeah, girl, you've always been shy. It just really threw me for a little bit of a loop. I was, I was taken aback by it. And I reflected and I realized I have always been shy. I, I have kind of always held back and reserved and been a very observant person of any kind of social situation that I'm coming into. I'm very observant at first. I don't like to test the waters or break the ice because what, oh no, suddenly someone can have an opinion about me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a very Gemini thing of me. I just love to mold and meld to the energies of the room and bounce off of someone else. And that's another thing why I think this podcast is going to be good for me is I can just start learning how to hold my own as who I am as a person because I'm what? Sickening. Thank you. <laughs> and I feel like I'm getting off, off track here, but this is why it's called psychic trash. Get, get with it. Get with the psychic trash because this is going to be a bing, bang, boom, back and forth thing. So if you like something that's easy to listen to, I, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> This is a lot of me just like laughing at myself because holy shit. 
but yeah, I was like, oh my God, I'm a little shy girl. Like I, I don't put myself outwardly at all. And it's something that I have definitely been challenging myself on. I think even, even with the deep relationships that I have with people, I, I think I've never really, (laughs) I'm not being my authentic self at all times. I'm I'm being very reserved and holding back because I'm worried that people are gonna think I'm weird. People are think are gonna think the things I say are stupid. Why? Why is this happening? And I know for a fact that there are other people that feel the exact same way. For example, I have started a new job and we had a really intensive week of training. One week where all the new hires were being trained on the same exact stuff, even though we were doing different jobs. It was like company training. And I was testing the waters a little bit about me and being myself and like being like, maybe I'm not gonna be shy. I'm gonna volunteer more. I'm gonna like raise my hand, say questions. I'm gonna introduce myself to people, start conversations, which is something I do not do. I wait for someone to talk to me first so then I can be like, okay, great. It's this kind of conversation, awesome. But I was like, what if I set the tone? And I, I've just been talking to people and it was going surprisingly well. Turns out, oh my God, guys, just be yourself. <laughs> and it's awesome. That's it. That's all it takes. Literally just open your mouth. <laughs> That's all. Don't always do that. People aren't always going to be down for that. But I was talking about this exact idea of being shy and having social anxiety And I was talking to this girl, Chantel, and she was like, no, I feel that too. And I would say, I would never have guessed that you consider yourself as shy or that you have any reserve about how you carry yourself in the room because you come in here and you are so confident and you speak to me so fine and fluently and like anything that's going on in your brain makes total sense to me. And she was like, oh no, not at all. Even in this moment right now, I'm thinking about every single thing that I'm saying. And suddenly my mind just like blew up. Because I met someone else who feels the exact same way. When I'm speaking, even currently at this very moment, every word that comes out of my mouth, my brain is like doing double time, overacting, reacting to, oh my God, why did you say that? Oh my God. And then I find that the words that actually come out of my mouth don't sound intelligent, don't sound well thought out, and don't make any fucking goddamn sense because my brain is literally tripping itself up literally tripping itself up and oh my gosh it is so frustrating to just be alive (laughs) like why can't i just speak like a normal ass person but yeah so i'm coming out of shy and i hope you all can accept me and maybe i don't know maybe this can be like really relatable (laughs) i don't know so moving on if you have seen my new album art Oh my gosh, isn't she pretty? Psychic trash. It's definitely, it's giving me some Diary of a Wimpy Kid vibes and it's giving me magical, mystical. I wanted it to be something cute and simple to look at. And I don't know, I really, I really love it a lot. I think it's adorable. I have been taking like a little bit of a hiatus from art and I, it's just because I haven't been feeling the creative juices flowing recently. And I'm like, you know what? That's okay. But then when I had the idea to do this podcast, the idea just popped in my head immediately. And it is so satisfying as an artist to have a picture of, or an idea of what you want your piece to look like in your brain. And then you actually execute it. And it looks like how it does. That has happened to me maybe twice. I can confidently say maybe twice in my entire life as an artist 
something in my brain was regurgitated then onto the paper or the tablet or whatever the art was coming through. And I'm, I'm really proud of it. I think it's really cute. I think the font is pussy. <laughs> and the the facial expression is very like, <laughs> the whole time I'm <laughs> doing this and speaking, I'm like, what is happening? What is coming out of my head? What is coming out of my brain? It's feeling real. It's feeling mighty. I'm real. Mighty real. Okay, I actually took notes uh, about what I wanted to talk about, so... Because, listen, I love an unstructured, just free-for-all. It's fierce, and I'm feeling very, like, oh, mama boots about it all. But, (laughs) yeah. Oh, okay. See, I missed this part. Going back to talking about being shy. You know how everyone says that they're, like, I'm, like, an introvert. I'm, like, an extrovert. I, and also the idea of being, like, an extroverted introvert... (laughs) I, I feel like that's me, and I've said that's me before, but there's got to be a word for it. Wait, hold on. I'm pulling up Google. What is it called when you're an extrovert and an introvert? Okay, okay. Ambivert. A person who has features of both an introvert and an extrovert in their personality. Ambiverts are sometimes also called outgoing or social introverts. Okay, okay. Ooh, are ambiverts rare? Am I rare? 68% of the population are ambiverts. Okay, so no, so it's everyone. Um, <laughs> oh my god, is it okay to be ambivert? If you're an ambivert, you are likely to possess a mix of both. Okay, yeah, 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 thank you. Okay, so I guess basically Google's telling me that um, I'm just normal. <laughs> Actually, I'm just a normal person. I think there's a thing in our uh, our society is we are all craving to be so different. <laughs> and we're just not. We're all just exactly the same. It's so cute. Human beings are adorable and so stupid. <laughs> Oh, wow. Being alive is funny. It's just funny. But uh, what was I saying about being that? Yeah, I I don't know. I just, I love my alone time. I love to just stay in my house and not do anything at all. This, uh, I it comes from, I think I just loved being alone as a kid. I lived in upstate New York, which I'm going to do another episode about growing up in upstate New York because, oh my gosh, is it so... I feel like it's such a niche experience that you have in life that only the people from the 518 area code are going to understand. And I'd love to just talk on it. I'll give you a brief little uh, moment with it. (laughs) You live so far away from people that to get to your best friend's house, or at least where I was to get to your best friend's house, it was a 30 minute drive. And I was like 12. I didn't have a car or I didn't. And I wasn't going to ride a bike on these main roads. So I just didn't really hang out with my friends on the weekends. So I'd see them in school, I'd see them at the rehearsals, and then I would just, the weekends, I would just spend by myself. And I got very used to and comfortable existing alone. And it was difficult for me to be in social situations where there was no structure. I At school, it was school. I would talk about class. We would talk about what's going on. I would talk about what's going to happen after school, which was always rehearsal. And then at rehearsal, there's an objective, a very clear objective. We're putting on a play. We're putting on a musical. Let's talk about, oh, this dance is really hard. Help me with it. Oh, can you help me with my lines? Like, that was always my socialization, is it had this element behind it. And now, I feel like the gates are wide open. 
and now you just have to exist as a person and be yourself. And yeah, you guys happen to be doing this beep beep. You guys happen to be doing this same thing together, but you also are just like, you're not in the same bubble (laughs) at all. It's just crazy. It is so crazy, but also really fun. And I think Matt, Matt jokes about this all the time. Um, (laughs) But I said that like one of my, one of my like ins for the year was like, using my voice (laughs) oh my god (laughs) but it's true it's real i am tired of sitting on the sidelines i want to be more active i i want to proactively not be shy anymore and i think a part of that is just breaking back past my comfort zones getting out of your comfort zone is terrifying but it also can feel so freeing and i didn't realize how freeing it could be i'll give you an example When I came into this new training on my first day, it was orientation. Me and this girl were both 20 minutes early. We sat down and I was doing the thing I normally do where I was going to wait for her to start talking and I was just going to pick up from there. But then we sat down and clearly she wasn't going to talk. She was on her phone and I was like sitting awkwardly. But I was like, I I just can't sit here for 20 minutes and do nothing. I I, I was like, uh, and I don't want to just be on my phone. I've been doing this new thing where I'm not on my phone a lot, whole thing. So I was just like, hey, what's your name? Whoa, whoa, that's a boundary. Oh my gosh, look at that. I stepped out. I said, hey, what's your name? She says her name. Look at that, boom, conversation. I was so like, holy, holy crap. This is real, I can do this but you know what the gag is? <laughs> I was feeling like so comfortable being out of my box. I was like, we got the break for lunch and I was going to turn to her to be like, hey, do you want to get lunch together? But she had already got up and left. Oh. <laughs> and then the next day, she didn't sit next to me. <laughs> so I had stepped out of my box, out of my comfort zone, and this girl was not feeling it. <laughs> She was not feeling what I was giving. <laughs> it was a humbling moment. It was definitely a humbling experience. I just could was like, Mary, Mary what? So it's fine. Cause I turned to this other girl and I was like, Hey, what's your name? And she was a naked magician. And I was like, that's amazing. So you know what I mean? Like I, I, I got, I got the gig and it, <laughs> Hey, it can happen. Just ask someone what their name is. Maybe they'll get lunch with you. <laughs> But again, then the introverted side of me was like, oh, great, I can have lunch alone and I can read a book, (laughs) you know? So it was a win-win situation for sure. So my goal for this year is to just be a little bit extroverted because I'm realizing I actually do enjoy it. There's days where, okay, I work like, if I'm working like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm finally free Saturday. Back in the day, I used to want to be like, okay, Saturday's just for me, me time only. But then I'm like, hey, friends, you want to hang out? because I'm realizing I'm not seeing my friends as much anymore. So now I have to work harder to foster those relationships. And I'm not saying that it's hard work, it's it's becoming my fun. It's becoming something that I'm enjoying, which thank God, it's about time to f- I feel like a person now. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh. I love when I get into a phase of like mania (laughs) i get really excited about something and i can just keep talking about it it just like makes me feel really good like the dopamine levels right now are hitting fucking hard i i recommend it talk oh just talk to yourself put a microphone in front of you and just talk because 
Mary, it'll do wonders. Because I'm feeling... <laughs> I'm just feeling giddy. I'm just feeling so giddy. It's so funny. Oh my god. Okay. Okay, and another departure. I've been wanting to get into TV and film work. And it's just something that is very new and exciting to me. And I... I, I have no experience in it at all. Well, that's not true. I did a I did one short film in college. I'm that girl. I'm like, I did one short film. Uh, it was so fun. I really enjoyed it. It's like so intimate and and it feels to me, it feels way more creative than theater. Is that controversial? Maybe it because when you're thinking about theater, it is on this grand scale. You're creating for something that's so huge that, the tiny little details, you can put them in there for the people that are going to notice it and be like, wink, wink. But in film, it feels so much more intentional. Every single frame and moment is an artistically crafted picture. Now, I'm a director for theater. Not to say that every little moment isn't a detailed career. It's, sometimes it's not. Sometimes I'm just like, God, please say your lines. Know your lines. <laughs> Shade. <laughs> fun it's some it's a discipline that's different and it's a whole world that's so strange to me and that's the kind of media that i like to consume i love to go see shows don't get me wrong but movies and tv shows those are the staples right like those are the things that have been around and impacted us and like avatar the last airbender oh that's a great episode to talk about but I'll talk again I'll talk <laughs> a little bit right now Avatar The Last Airbender like that form of creativity and the, the magic and the elements totally has affected me as a kid but that's something that's so every little moment is so detailed I don't know if you guys know this but when that show was pitched to Nickelodeon they had from episode one all the way to the final season final episode planned out so when they came with, the, with their pitch they were like this is exactly the trajectory this is exactly the character arcs this is everything they just had it all in there and that wow wow is that so inspiring and impressive and I want to be a part of that in some way but I have absolutely no idea how <laughs> so well my hope is hold on water my hope is with this new job that I have, I can dedicate time to that and do so, and be and have enough money to be okay with doing some unpaid film work. Because if you go on backstage or play, there are so much college student film work that's unpaid. But someone pointed this out to me. Oh my gosh, it's yeah, it's gonna be unpaid, but it's only gonna be maybe like two three days of your time and these students have access to really high quality equipment because their school's providing it for them and then you ask them for the the files and the, the video files you got a reel you can start making your film reel with really high quality stuff and since it's college the chances of you getting like a lead high role is way easier than if you're applying for these huge movies that Obviously, famous actors with giant agencies representing them are going to be getting those parts. And you're going to be the fucking extra number five. Like, take the opportunity to be a lead in something that's smaller and underpaid. Like, that's okay. We, you know what? I'm okay with that. We, if I want to dip my toes into something, what a great way to do it. And I should. And you should too. You, listening to this, who wants to work in film and TV, do it. Do some college shows for no money. But... Get a job first that's going to pay you enough. 
that's just my advice. <laughs> I, I, I w- I'm hoping that this podcast is giving a little bit of the vibes of like, I can be your friend, I can be your sibling, I, you know what I mean? Like, I want it to be very that. Like, you're like, yeah, you know what, Hunter, you're so right. <laughs> because I'm thinking that right now. I'm like, if I'm here with myself and we're having a great time, you're probably having a great time too. <laughs> yeah, I'm just... Now back to back back on track. I I'm just ready to break the isolating habits of spending too much time by myself because I think when I super isolate, that's where things get wrong. That's where my brain gets all foggy and and I beat up on myself for just being real and being me. Like don't do that to yourselves anymore. Talk to your friends. Something that also being shy, <laughs> something that I really so deeply want to work on, but is so, so hard. And I like, it makes me cringe thinking about it right now is correcting people when they use the wrong pronouns for me. Oh my Lord. Is it so, ugh. I don't, I think the people that use non-gender specific pronouns, like People that don't use pronouns in the binary are the only people that get this feeling. It It's like someone's gently scratching you in the back of the neck with a, like a, like, uh, like a nail file. Like it just, it's like, it's something so, it's like, it's not really hurting me. Like I'm not going to die, but it's like, ow, okay. Oh mm, God, that's really uncomfortable. Uh, and then you're just like, oh, okay, move on. Uh, but then they keep doing it. Oh God. It's, and then... <laughs> If you don't correct them the first time, you feel like you've missed the window of opportunity and now you're like, okay, and you just got to deal with it. Because, and I'm saying this, it would be so simple to just be like, hey, I use they, them pronouns. And then they're like, oh, oh my God, I'm sorry. Okay, thank you. Nine times out of 10, that is how that situation is going to go. The times that I have corrected people, that's how it's going. Except, oh, there was this one one girl that I, I, I felt brave enough in this situation because it felt like a vibe to correct them. They used he and I was like, oh, actually, I use they, them pronouns because they didn't know. It was their first time meeting me. And they were like, they didn't say anything negative, but they were, <laughs> they went off at saying, oh my gosh, oh, I'm so bad at that. I do that all the time. Like, it's so crazy for me. Oh my goodness. Like, oh, geez. Oh, the, it's so hard. Like, I, I just can't. And I was like, can you take a breath? First of all, you didn't say sorry. Second of all, it, you made it all about you when it was such a, I was just a gentle reminder. It could have been, I was like, now you're making it more of a big deal. And I was standing in the middle of this restaurant and I was like, ah, uh, uh, uh. so weird. Like, can you... <laughs> Can people just be normal, please? Another thing that really frustrates me with being non-binary and using they, them pronouns, if if you're in a situation where someone asks for your pronouns and you say they, them, and then they slip up and don't use it, I'm like, why did you even ask me then? It's, 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 it's one thing where it's like, if it's in conversation and they slip up, what whatever, but... For example, if I have a placard in front of me that says my name and my pronouns in big letters that are right in front of your face and you still don't use them, I'm like, oh, but you asked me to write my pronouns on this piece of paper. So that was performative action, Mary. That is you being performative AF. People that are like, yeah, we're like so diverse here and like we accept everyone and anyone. 
and then they don't use they're like everyone pronouns pronouns what are your pronouns go around the circle and we like multiple days of it too multiple days of being like this is my name these are my pronouns and you still don't use them that's a, you're you're asking for trouble because you clearly don't care you you think you're just checking off a little box you're checking off a box of being accessible and being accepting of all people and then you're not actually doing any acting performative action thank you very much and that's my ted talk on pronouns <laughs> and why it's so hard <laughs> it's really so 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 hard it's just and it's it's weird i don't even as someone i'm non-binary and i use they them pronouns but i don't even like sometimes even the they them pronouns like people say it i'm like that just doesn't feel right but god for i would i don't want to be called he anymore like I'm so over that. That is not me at all. She doesn't feel right either. So, but the neo pronouns don't like Z, Zem, Zer. I, I love it. I accept it, but just doesn't feel right for me. I just doesn't. And I don't, I don't know. That's anyone else feel the same out there? They, cause they, them. Okay. Here's the thing. All we did by introducing they, them pronouns into the, our vocabulary, we just went from having a binary to having a trinary. And gender is so much more than that. It is such a beautiful spectrum of people. I was talking to this girl the other day. She was she uses she, her pronouns, but was like, I don't know, I've wanted to experiment with they. Like, I don't feel like a girl. Like, I'm, I think I'm non-binary, but I don't know. And I was like, you realize you can be not... They're having so much fun out there. But I said to her, you realize that you can be non-binary and use she, her pronouns, right? Like, the, that's the thing. Like, people are thinking that with this new trinary that I have to use they, them pronouns to be non-binary. That is not what it means at all. Your pronouns are your pronouns. Your gender identity is your gender identity. They don't always meet up and match perfectly. And that's why it's difficult for newer people who are getting used to this idea to jump on board, but... It really is just language, and it's the same as remembering someone's name. So it's really not that hard. So try harder. Try your best. But God, it is. It can be very frustrating and very isolating, and it's it, it like it feels like you have a muzzle on your mouth when someone in incorrectly uses your pronouns and you don't correct them. You feel like, oh no. Oh, I missed my chance. Oh, uh, now I gotta, uh, I gotta stay, I gotta stay muzzled. I can't, I can't speak out now because I don't want to embarrass them. But I'm the one that's being embarrassed. I am being publicly embarrassed in front of the whole group because everyone else knows what my pronouns are and you are actively not using them. So that's my rant on that. <laughs> I just, I'm sick of it, Mary. I am so, so sick of it. That shit got, that shit's got me fucked up. Uh, it's got me fucked up. This is an explicit, explicit, explicit podcast. I really want to work on my word choice. <laughs> Bring you back to why this podcast is going to be good for me, I think. I use, overuse words like, oh my God, right there. Like, the amount of times that I say like, I'm going to listen back to this. Oh, it, it like freaks me out. Oh my God, I just did it again. Ooh, it's really hard. It is really hard. And now, every time you listen to this podcast, you're going to be like, Hunter, you said like. Mary. I looked up online. I looked up online how to get like out of your vocabulary. And one of them was, one of them said, oh, see, one of them said, 
just find another filler word. And sure, sure, I get it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But I am just going to be creating another bad habit for myself, you know? So um, part of my training for this new job was a public speaking class, which was, oh my god, it was so cool. I had never, I'd never taken a public speaking class in college because I was, I, di I didn't need to. I didn't, I was like, public speaking, what, what is that? The idea that you use a filler word because your brain is getting so, um, oh, oh, uh, uh, too much information, too much information, uh, I need time to buffer. It's like, um, like, it, it, literally, things like that. It's really the, um, I'm pretty good at that. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's, it's, I feel like it really, really, oh my God, that one's a crazy one for me. Uh, definitely being gay is giving, I use giving, Yana, <laughs> Mary, those kind of filler words a lot. But those ones, that doesn't affect me as much because that feels like, that feels like community to me. I feel like I'm, I'm like being a participant in my community. <laughs> But if I'm saying, but just saying like all the time, ooh, you know, my mom, if, <laughs> I hope you're listening to this actually, mom, I think you're going to laugh, but um, my mom used to do just saying all the time after every single sentence she said, she go, just saying, <laughs> it got to the point where it was so, <laughs> also she used to go, huh? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know why that one really makes me laugh, but she would just be like, I, I want to have her on the pod for Mother's Day. That's uh, definitely, I, I wrote that down. I think that'd be very fun. But, um, oh my God, I said, um. <gasps> it's really hard. Once you realize the thing that you over say and you try to not say it, it's, oh God, oh God, it's frustrating. <laughs> God, is it hard? God! <laughs> that was a Brittany Broski moment right there. <laughs> And it can make you feel dumb. It makes you feel stupid when you use filler words. Even swearing, I'm like, oh, come on. I can I can think of a better word to say than that. I can be a little child-friendly over here. I'm like, maybe we'll rate this PG-13. But no, right now it's like R. <laughs> I, like, never sweared much in... I don't know. Is that true? I have another... I have a thing about memory. Oh, I'm going to do an episode on memory. Oh, because... Oh, I don't know. I can't remember shit about my life. But I don't think I really sweared that much when I was a kid, but like, a t I, I say kid, but I mean a teenager. That's how old I am now. Huh. Oh my God. When, oh my gosh. I graduated high school almost five years ago. <gasps> oh, it's going to be five years this May. Oh my God. And that's going to be a year out of college. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh no! That was like a I was, I was like talking. That was a real talking to myself moment there. So yeah, that's those are my those are my goals for the month. My goal for the month is to be a little bit less shy, break my introverted habits. You know, stop being so seclusive to myself. Like, just get myself out there and stop using like. <laughs> That's gonna be really hard for me. Uh, I implore you, people listening, to find your word. What's your word? What's your filler word? Try to get it out. Try to get your filler word out.
<laughs> Funny. So something I want to introduce to this podcast format is I'll have my main topic of the week or the episode, and then I want to have a little entertainment spotlight and then also a drag race review <laughs> because I love drag race reviews. Those are exclusively the podcasts I listen to <laughs> and Brittany, of course, Brittany. So I want to have my own. <laughs> I, gotta, I love hearing myself talk now. It's so fun. But I'm going to start with my entertainment spotlight of the week. So the entertainment spotlight of the week is definite is going to be something either a book, a TV show, a video game, something that I'm using to entertain myself. And I want to highlight on this and talk about it a little bit. Our first installment for entertainment spotlight of the week is going to be a book called If We Were Villains by M.L. Rio. This book was recommended to me by my good friend Emily, Emily D. It is Shakespeare drama in a college conservatory theater program. The book is not split up into chapters. It's split up into five acts and scenes. It is so up my alley. It is, I highly recommend it to anyone. It is a very good read. The the dialogue is so conversational and so it makes so much sense. There are seven main characters in the conservatory program. Each of their personalities, I can quickly be like, yeah, that's my friend. That's my friend. I know that person. I know exactly how that person sounds. Yeah, someone with that personality type would say it like that. It. I feel so immersed into the world. It's a, a fictional, it's a fictional uh, conservatory program in, I think, uh, Ohio or Idaho, something like that. Um, inside a castle on a lake. So it's just very atmospheric. My favorite part, so this isn't really spoiling, part of their program as acting students is every year they do they do a main play and then they do a small play where everyone gets an envelope and you open it up. It says, the first one is Macbeth. And they say, the main character's name is Oliver. Oliver, you'll be playing Banquo. Be prepared for scene, act one, scene one, act two it was like listing it like that and it said at the bottom don't tell anyone else so then the night of the performance everyone shows up and just has to do the show and no one knows who their scene partners are they haven't rehearsed they just know their own lines and then they just perform it was so cool that idea i was like that is awesome i want to do that and th so the the first one was macbeth for their halloween show and the witches they're by the lake and then they see a boat just rocking in the water. And it looks like it's turned upside down. Everyone's like, oh my god, what is that? And then it gets thrown up into the air. And the three women playing the witches just emerge from the water and scare everyone. And they're wearing these white gowns that are clinging to their bodies. And they're just like, their hair is in their face. And they're saying the, the, the witches' lines at the beginning of Macbeth. Oh my gosh, it was so cool. I, it was like, I was reading it and I was like, I wish I could be there to see it happening in person. Oh my gosh. Whoa, I just had deja vu. <gasps> Whoa. Guys, we're doing an episode on Deja Vu. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, I, I literally have... Like, you know when you have Deja Vu and you see it? Like, you see the exact picture that you're remembering and you can kind of, like, remember when you remembered seeing it? Uh, okay, I need to do more research on it because I want to have, a, like, a good conversation about actually what Deja Vu is because, wow. But... If we were villains, highly rec recommend it. It is a 
definitely it's like a comedy but also a drama murder mystery it's very good one of one of the conservatory students does die but you don't know how so it gets juicy trigger warnings for the book are um abuse like uh, abusive relationships uh swear words drinking drugs you know typical college things so i would say that but highly recommend that you read this book thank you so much emily for recommending it to me because wow 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 am i enjoying it so much i have 50 pages left i'm almost done i'm on the final act it, it reads like a play too there's some of the dialogue is like instead of the quotes they write it out like it's a script it's very good very 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 good okay moving on to my second segment is the drag race recap so RuPaul's Drag Race Girl Groups, episode five. I'm going back and forth on what's happening this season. For one, I'm like, what the hell are they doing? How can two of my favorite queens have gone home back to back? But then there's another part of me that I'm like, they're kind of, they're kind of treating this like a play too. I feel like, that was act one. We got the main characters. We got Plain Jane. We got a mandatory meeting. Their beef was like act one of RuPaul's Drag Race season 16. And it and it just concluded last night. And now we're going into act two. They're keeping us on our toes this season, which is actually really refreshing. Because we were watching it all together and I was saying... Everyone's like, Megami's going to go home. Megami's going to go home. And I was like, yeah, probably she's going to go home. But uh, that's so predictable. I hope that's not what happens. And then I was watching it. I was like, yeah, Megami's going to go home. And then we got there. Megami wins the challenge. I'll get back to that later. And I was like, oh, okay. And then the lineup of the tops and bottoms were the main characters of the season. Except for Tsunami News. Love her, though. (laughs) I was like, what is happening? What is happening? Why are the main characters up for elimination? What's going on? And I felt thrown out. I was like, I don't know the rules anymore. I don't know what's going to happen. And that was kind of fun. That was really fun. And them also saying who deserves to go home so early. I was like, it's too early for that. But I was like, who cares? They get to make the rules now. They get to make the rules. And it's fierce. And I was invested. I was very upset with the outcome. But now... I feel like this season they kind of they care more. They they're they're actually pulling at our heartstrings. They're making a good TV program. They're making me want to watch next week because I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, uh, yeah, Amanda she had a lot of growing to do, but and I really wanted to see her more, but oh, it hurts so bad that she got ripped away. Same with Mirage. I'm like, oh, this person's ripped away, but now I'm like, I have to see what's next. I have to see why my favorite fell for someone to come out and be amazing. They're doing it. They're doing a great job at it. So those are my, that's my thoughts on the show as a whole. Diving into the nitty gritty of it all. Oh, they're doing cute dirty. And it makes me feel sad. Because they're clearly trying to make her this like Jan-like edit. And I don't know if that's fair for her. I don't think that's fair. I think she's a very talented and beautiful queen who is an extremely, extremely well-versed seamstress and drag queen. Her look is just so right. But again, like, 
you, you kind of flubbed the dancing. So whatever. I do think Amanda beat her in that lip sync, but I understand why Q stayed. And if I had to choose one to send home, I probably would have, I think I would have kept Q just because at least the drag, we know the drag is going to be good. I think a mandatory meeting is a wonderful drag queen, wonderful personality, but for this show and where she was at at this time, it, it was her time. I just feel bad that she went out looking like a fucking blue bearded, <laughs> like what was that blue beard? What was going on there? It is sad, but I was very confused initially watching the girl groups because I'm going to call them the booger team with uh, Geneva, Nymphia, um, Megami, and uh, Maya. We were calling them Team Booger. And we were kind of talking over their whole number because we all just kind of like discounted them. And so when they won, I was like, what is going on here? What's going on? And I rewatched it back and I was like, you know what? Actually, they all of them had at least a safe verse while the other teams all had someone who was bad. They didn't have anyone who was bad. So I'm like, you know what? I get it. I get it. I think this was the first time on an American season of Drag Race that four people won a challenge. Is that is that right? I feel like, yeah. I feel like that's the it's the only one, which is kind of exciting. But I'm like, now you give Nymphia a second win. Not to say she doesn't deserve it. Love her. She's definitely my favorite on the season. But then I'm like, okay, Maya has Megami. <gasps> what? Going, huh? Like, I'm just feeling like they're not holding her hand this season, which is really refreshing. But I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely puzzled as a viewer. I am puzzled. That's just how I was feeling on it. I think the the runway category, we did, we when we skipped the commercial, we didn't hear the beginning. So we were like, oh, pixie cut. Just because I think on the, when the episode four ended and they showed the uh, preview, we saw pixie cuts and we saw Megami's and she was like a little fairy. And I was like, oh, pixie cut. It's cute. It's going to be pixie cut. So then we cut it and we were like, pixie cut, pixie cut. And <laughs> when Safira had the cat, the butthole on her head, I was like, fuck is going on and me and Deidre were sitting next to each other and we were like are we missing something because then Nymphia did a cat thing and then and then Amanda did like the eggs and like I get I think it's like a cat like catching birds and when she was like explaining her look and was like yeah I don't know I was like oh girl I feel you <laughs> Shit. but then I was like oh it's pussycat wig oh and then it, a lot of it made a lot more sense to me <laughs> but that was funny girl I think best on the runway I'm going to give it to, I think I'm going to give it to Q. I I was going to say Nymphia, but I think she kind of ruined it when she took off her the top and it was bald. Because, well, A, Sophia did that already, but also I really liked her actual pussycat wig. The red, like, finger waves, it looked really good. And then I think she kind of ruined it and crapped it up for herself. But Q's drag just really impresses me. So... I think that was my favorite. Oh, Geneva was the, the boot. That rainbow cheetah print? Girl. You mean the notebook that every girl in 2012 had? Girl, with the panda. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. You know what notebook I'm talking about. Yeah, she wasn't it. So, okay. My prediction for the next episode. I don't even know what the challenge is. Pause. Next episode for RuPaul's. 
Drag Race. Also, I haven't watched Untucked yet. I'm gonna do that after this. I'm very, I'm curious because oh, the drama between Plain Jane and a mandatory meeting was good. Oh my gosh, when she said she said, "Why are you such a?" Oh, <laughs> that was tea, Mama. That was good. Wait, they already wait. What? Oh, that's All Stars Eight. Hold on. Two identical looks, one for themselves and another for their. Ooh, it's a design challenge next week. Okay, well, okay. Cue Nymphia again. Or I don't. Is that true? I I don't know. I watched one of those like RuPaul's Drag Race spoiler things. I sh probably should just like look it up. But that's what I'm gonna go off of. It's a design challenge. So, oh no. So Maya's gonna go home. Is the answer. And maybe. Maybe Morphine. Oh, I'm liking Morphine a lot, so I want her to stay. But I think then that means probably Q will win. She'll get her win. Well, so that was my thoughts on RuPaul's Drag Race season 16 right now. I'm liking the season. I like the girls. I'm liking the drama. I'm a little upset. I think Amanda and Plain had a little bit more to get out of it. But I think I can... With Safira being like, Jane, do you always do this? Plain. Her name's Plain. Sorry. Do you always do this? Like, do you get in fights with girls? Maybe you should shut up. And she was like, yeah, you know what? I should. So maybe we're going to see a Plain Jane redemption arc, but I don't know. I would have loved if Plain Jane was being like pussy mean to Amanda. And then this episode was like, yeah, I'm going to use my potion on Amanda. That would have been really, to see them as friends. I, I wish that that happened, but it's okay. Live for the drama. Live for the dolls. Loving it. Yeah. So... <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the inaugural episode of Psychic Trash with me, Yo Bitty Girl, Hunter. Thank you guys so much. I hope you have a fantastic week, month, day, life. You're the best. And I'll see you.